you are listening to My City, My Health, the podcast. Welcome to the Healthy Project podcast, My City, My Health edition. Today, I'm your host, Kira Roth, and I'm a student at the University of Iowa studying health promotion with a minor in human relations. My classmates and I are supporting the My City, My Health conference in Iowa City on April 28th, 2023. That brings the University of Iowa and Iowa City community together to discuss health equity programs and collaborations. Registration for the conference is open at mycity.myhealth. Today, I get to interview Dr. Nicole Del Castillo and highlight her work with healthcare and health equity. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Happy to have the opportunity. I'm excited for our conversation, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Dr. Del Castillo, will you just tell me a little bit about yourself and what health equity means to you? Yeah, so my name is Nicole Del Castillo. I'm the director of the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the Carver College of Medicine at the University of Iowa. I'm also a clinical assistant um, professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the Carver College of Medicine or at the University of Iowa. To me, health equity really means that everyone has the opportunity to be as healthy as possible. Going off of that, will you tell me a little bit about the work that you do with students and faculty at the university as it relates to like recruitment, educational enrichment programs, and then helping to create a sense of belonging? Yeah, so within the College of Medicine, within my role as the director, um, I really, I think part of our office really tries to make sure that our College of Medicine, our hospitals and clinics is really a welcoming and an inclusive place for all. And also trying to ensure that, you know, folks have a sense of belonging, our patients also feel welcomed, uh, and also creating a place where there's culturally responsive care, where people can be responsive to the different um, cultures and backgrounds of folks from over our, um, from in our state, as well as surrounding areas, as well as um, within the hospital, we serve people from all over the world. So with that, um, it's really important that we can create uh, a workforce, a learning environment that includes folks from, you know, diverse or culturally relevant um, populations. And so recruitment is really important and letting folks know about how unique and special University of Iowa is and our College of Medicine and um, our hospital is a great place to work and train and learn. Um, so helping to recruit folks um, to our um, medical school programs or MD program, our physician assistant program, our PA um, and our PT physician, our physical therapy, as well as our PhD, so graduate students and postdocs. Um, we also have uh, residents and fellows that we help to recruit as well as faculty and staff to our university. So it's really important that we try and um, engage folks from, again, Again, from different cultures, different identities, different backgrounds in order to make that rich workforce and learning environment for our learners and our um, uh, employees here. As far as um, creating a sense of belonging in some of our educational programs, so um, we've been really working to create um, spaces for folks to find community here. Um, Within our uh, medical school, which is really nice, there are things called the learning communities where students are um, 
within a certain group within their medical school. So it's a great place to form community, to meet folks from um, not just in their first year class, but in a second, third, and fourth year class to create that community. Uh, but we've also been really engaging our students to open up conversations about ways that we can make things better for them, um, ways that we can improve their learning environment for them, and then trying to not only do this with our students and our learners, but how we can engage our trainees and also our staff and our faculty to be able to have these conversations so we can make sure that we're, again, making this an environment that is inclusive and welcoming and that they have a feeling that they're, that they belong and that they're valued. Um, a couple years ago, was, along with some of our um, conversations that we've had with our um, faculty, staff, students, um, some of them had shared, especially in the clinical environment, experiencing mistreatment or um, engaging, or you know, sometimes the patients or visitors would say or do things that were very harmful um, or mistreatment in some ways to our um, employees and learners. And so we came up with um, ways that, um, folks can respond in a respectful way um, when things like this happen. Because we do know that, you know, patients have a right and folks that, you know, as First Amendment, we can't control what people might say or do, but we also can say, but it's not also not okay for folks to be um, treated unfairly or, or said unfairly things to them. So we came up with a toolkit called I Respond that really gives folks an opportunity to um, respond and find ways to respond when mistreatment or harm occurs. So is that response program for the providers? Yeah, it's really for anybody who engages in, or initially when we designed it, it was really for something for folks who are engaging in clinical um, duties or with or interacting with patients or with visitors. But really a lot of this, the tools that we provide are really things that people can use, not only with working with coworkers or, you know, even their, um, potentially their supervisors, um, but also just even, I even mentioned in a recent uh, workshop that I gave that these are tools that can even be used with family members or other people that you interact in a day-to-day. Um, you know, the I part of the I Respond Toolkit is sharing like um, I statements, which is I feel X, Y, and Z when you say or do these type of things. So really trying to empower folks to um, feel supported in the environment that they're in and, um, and having um, respectful ways of responding when things like that occur. Yeah, I feel like that's so important. And it sounds like the university does a great job of creating and cultivating an environment where we're trying to make everybody feel included, not only for the providers, but also for patients. So it kind of goes both ways. So you completed your fellowship in minority health policy at Harvard in 2016. How did that program shape your views on the health disparities? Yeah, I think during my medical training, which was a while ago, I won't age myself too much, um, but I think we talked a lot about um, underserved populations, and I learned a lot about um, you know, ways of addressing health and improving health for patients, but I never necessarily um, learned about the term kind of social determinants of health or, or aspects to one's health that are outside of 
the health care that we provide in a clinical setting. So I've always been driven to addressing health disparities. One of the reasons why I went into medical school and also became a uh, went into psychiatry training was wanting to address not only health disparities, but mental health disparities and ways of improving um, care and access for folks from underrepresented um, populations and so or underserved populations. And so um, in getting um, this master's in public health, as well as doing this fellowship in minority health policy, I was able to really look at how their social aspects, depending on where somebody lives, clean air, so their environment that they live in, um, having access to fresh foods, um, having access to a gym where they can exercise, like these social aspects that impact um uh, the care that we provide in these healthcare settings and learning how you can impact folks on a greater scale than just our one-on-one -on -one clinical encounters was something that I really um, learned from getting my master's in public health as well as doing this fellowship. Um, I also um, really was happy to gain the tools in health policy because I feel like um, a lot of um, healthcare providers are not well um, versed or understand policy that much. And in a lot of ways, if we're not understanding how these policies work, or um, a lot of times policies can be, or these decisions are made for us, not only on like a large federal or state level, but even at our local level or within a hospital setting, how important policies are that impact the care that we provide um, to our patients as well as the community that we live in. So I was really, um, fortunate and glad that I was skilled in learning a lot about policy and how important that is in impacting health. It sounds like on such a huge scale, the policies are obviously a big deal, but then it comes also down to those little things that some people don't really think about outside of just healthcare, the social determinants, like is there a bus stop in the place that we need to have one or do they have access to healthy food and just so many little things like that. Yeah, I think if I can add one other thing, I also um, became, I think even before, like in medical school, really um, interested in schools and um, school mental health as an avenue to not only reach, um, you know, patients, like there are some models where we're providing direct patient care within school settings, but also just providing education. And just um, a lot of times in public health, we talk about upstream factors. So ways of uh, before, um, harm has occurred or before somebody has developed disease, like trying to work on ways of prevention basically mm -hmm. is what that is. And so what are some ways that we can work towards preventing um, um, healthcare factors or mental health um, care? And so I find schools to be a really great avenue to reach um, not only educators and educating them about mental health students, but also families about the importance of mental health factors to look out for, improving wellness. Um, and, uh, and I feel like it's a nice way to also reach folks who might not necessarily come to a psychiatry clinic or reach access or due to stigma, due to other factors that might, or just barriers to care that might limit them from reaching mental health care services. So I've been really fortunate to um, be a part of the Scanlon um, Center for School Mental Health within the um, 
uh, School of Education here at the college uh, or at the University of Iowa and have an uh, opportunity to be an affiliate uh, faculty member within that center. So it's a really great opportunity for us to impact mental health and improve mental health of Iowans. Um, so I'm super excited about that as a way of addressing kind of health um, disparities, mental health disparities. So yeah, awesome. I feel like schools would be a great target as well because getting the conversation started for kids, that seems like a great way to start a conversation. So what are some of the things that you hope to see uh, change over the next five years in regards to health equity? Yeah, I hope that we continue to have these conversations, continue to have resources, but like that are looking towards um helping to continue to push, you know, the needle. My hope is that, you know, this is not a conversation that we've made a lot of strides um, as it relates to health disparities. Um, thankfully, within um, a lot of accrediting institutions, accrediting bodies, they recognize that disparities exist. They recognize that it's important that we address these things, um, not only from like a, this is just a good thing to do from like a justice standpoint, but financially it's costly, like health disparities are costly. So if you can address them, it saves, everyone really improves. So um, we're seeing that in medical education accreditations, that there's more talk about um, uh, education about health disparities, um, from even Jayco like to be an accrediting hospital. There's new, um, um, requirements for hospitals in order to them to get to be uh, like an accredited hospital, they have to address kind of health disparities, show how they're addressing the social determinants of health for their patients. Um, and so this is a great way of us kind of pushing the needle going forward um, to address these disparities. Because um, if not, it's just gonna, you know, we're just get sicker and folks will get sicker and, um, and uh, economically, you know, our healthcare system, you know, it's hard to support this. So I, I'm happy to see that more folks are recognizing this, seeing the need, and um, also backing up that, you know, in order to be accredited, in order to get, um, to be, a, you know, a legit or a program or hospital or whatever it might be, you have to be addressing kind of these health disparities because they're so important. Yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question. What is one of the most rewarding parts of the work that you do? I would say uh, mentorship is something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, we have a program um, through the College of Medicine. Um, it's a pathway program um, that allows for students to kind of get an experience um, in different health professional careers, especially medicine, dentistry, pharmacy, and public health. Um, but through that, I have an opportunity to do a lot of mentorship with pre-health students, as well as one of our organizations that we have on our undergraduate campus here. 
Um, so I just enjoy kind of the, the mentorship that I'm able to provide, kind of giving back to students and things, the mistakes that I made <laughs> to not do, as well as tips of things to do um, and connecting folks. I really enjoy being able to connect people with other people um, who can help them along the way, too. So um, just the mentorship at all levels, you know, from the high school, even grade school level up to undergrad to our current students and trainees that we have here. To do that, to be involved in that mentorship is something that I just am so grateful for and, um, and love that I have that opportunity. Yeah, I feel like the My City, My Health, Iowa City Conference will be a great opportunity yes. to also put all that into action. What are you most excited about for the My City, My Health Conference? I'm excited to meet folks. I, you know, being in Iowa City, I did my training here, my psychiatry training here, and I uh, was away for a bit and then came back like right before the pandemic. And so interestingly, I just have not been able to meet a lot of folks in our community who are doing a lot of this work. And so I'm really excited to make connections, to meet folks uh, and connect them. Like I said before, I love connecting people. So um, to be able to connect folks that will help me, but also connect them with other people that will elevate their work and their things that they're doing, I'm super excited about. So, yeah. Awesome. So what is uh, the biggest thing that you would like our listeners to take away from our conversation today? I would say something that I would love for folks to take away from this is the opportunity for us to that really the work of health equity is not really one entity um, and not even really the healthcare system as itself. I think a lot of it is something that a lot of systems are involved in the, the school system, the justice system, um, the housing system um, are all part of us achieving or getting to that point of health equity. And so I, I'm really excited about us having these conversations and bringing folks into the community who are part of these different systems of care outside of just the healthcare system, who talk about how they are addressing health equity and have us thinking more broadly about health and ways to help to improve health and reach um, health equity um, is not just just the healthcare system, but other systems can can really be um, impactful in making that change. Thank you, Dr. Del Castillo, for your time and your wisdom <laughs> today. Um, I have learned so much from you, and I'm sure our listeners have too. It's been such an honor speaking with you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. You can check out more of the Healthy Project podcast, My City, My Health edition on the mycity.health website. Thank you so much.